Praise Yah. Say again. Praise Yah. Yeah. Ah, I'm, you know, I was just writing down notes all week, so, you know, and then it starts coming to me, obviously, late, how it all kind of fits together, you know. Um, you know, he kind of helps you, and I just, Abba, please let me say the words that you want me to say. Not that I want to say, but that you want to say. In Yahushua's name I pray, amen. Um, I'm going to talk to you about three things. And you guys are starting to get on it, or Wendy kind of said it. Um, we need to prepare our minds. Because things are coming, they're coming very fast. And we need to prepare our minds. No matter what we've done, prepare physically. We need to prepare our minds. There's a famine coming. I'm going to tell you what type of famine. And then the one question. I got kind of interested in, we always ask questions to God. I always ask questions to God. Why? Why this? Why that? Why is this happening? But what's the questions he asks us? So, I'll start off by reading Proverbs. Proverbs 1. My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in. Suppose they say, come with us. Let's lie and wait for blood. Let's ambush the innocent for no reason. Let's swallow them alive like Sheol still healthy as they go down to the pit. We'll find all sorts of valuable things. We'll fill our homes with loot. Throw your lot in with us. We'll all have one wallet. My son, do not go along with them. Keep your foot from their path. For their feet run to evil, and they are swift to shed blood. Surely it is useless to spread a net in the eyes of all winged creatures. But they lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush their own lives. Such is the fate of all gaining by violence. It takes the life of its possessor. You know, whatever sins we have, we need to get rid of them. We need to clean ourselves up now. I know that's being said for the last whatever. But I'm just reminding you, it's time to clean up now. And we're going to be faced choices, just like Wendy said, just like the gentleman said. You know, we're being asked to make a choice. And we may have to cut ties with people that are very, very dear to us, whether it's family whether it's friends, whether it's co-workers, whether it's that soldier. We may need to cut ties. You know, many saints are falling asleep right now. You know, and I heard this one guy that I listen to all the time.
he wants to participate in what's happening right now because he never wants to revisit this life that brought us to this point. Can you understand that? That really hit home to me. I don't want to revisit what's happening right now and what brought us to this point. It's because not enough people were wanted to know Yeshua and yeah they don't want to know and they do things over and over and over again to do the exact opposite and you know we got people we have to you know want to participate in what's happening but we don't want to be wrapped up with the cares of this life because we got to stay focused on the task at hand. What is our task at hand? We'll get back to that. But it's like we got so many people around us right now. It's like the five foolish virgins. They see the signs, but are they preparing their minds for what's going to happen? Dark days are ahead. I don't know Stu says that all the time, but we that's where we gotta prepare our mind. We're gonna see some incredible things, really weird things, really awful things. But we gotta prepare our mind. And then and I'm just going to be reading scripture in a, several times, but stories in scripture. But it reminded me of this. They came to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gerasenes. As soon as Yeshua got out of the boat, a man from the graveyard with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but the chains had been ripped apart by him and the shackles broken. No one was strong enough to tame him. And through it all, night and day, at the graveyard and in the mountains, he kept screaming and gashing himself with stones. Can you think of what was going on in this guy's head to cause him to do that? Do you think we're going to see stuff like that again? When he saw Yeshua from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him, crying out with a loud voice. He said, what's between you and me, Yeshua, Ben El Elyon? I'm warning you in the name of God, do not torment me. For Yeshua had said to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then Yeshua began questioning him, what is your name? And he answered, my name is Legion, for we are many. He kept begging him not to send them out of the country. And then he sends them into a herd of pigs. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been infested with demons, infested with demons, 
kept begging to remain with him. Yeshua did not let him, but he told him, go home to your friends and tell them how much Adonai has done for you, how he has showed you mercy. The power that's within me is more powerful than anything in there. Greater is he. Can we do that for our friends at some point? Another in Mark 9. I read from Mark 5 in Mark 9. And a man from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a spirit that makes him mute. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes stiff. I told your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. In answering them, he said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to Yeshua. When the spirit saw him, immediately it threw the boy into a convulsion. The boy fell to the ground and began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Yeshua asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? Since he was a child, he has often thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion and help us. <laughs> if you can, Yeshua answered him. All things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father cried out, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Yeshua saw that a crowd was gathering fast, he rebuked the unclean spirit, telling it, I command you, deaf and mute spirit, come out of him and do not ever enter him again. After howling and shaking the boy wildly, it came out. The boy became so much like a corpse that many were saying he's dead, but Yeshua took him by the hand, lifted him, and the boy stood up. After Shua came into the house, his disciples began questioning him in private. Why couldn't we drive him out? And he said to him, this kind cannot come out except by prayer and fasting. This version only says and prayer, but it's other manuscripts have and fasting. You know, you know time is finite. It's a structure that we have. You know, it says in Amos, chapter 3, verse 7, For the Lord, Yah, will do nothing unless he has revealed his counsel to his servants, the prophets. You know, and an example is right in next week's portion. Genesis 18, when Adonai said, should I keep secret from Abraham what I'm about to do? And then he goes ahead and tells Abraham. He tells us what's going to happen before it happens. Amen. Whether you're the actual prophet or not, he gives his counsel to his servants. And that's where I want to talk about a famine that's coming. Because it says in Amos, 
8, verse 11. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord. Adonai. When I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the words of Adonai, the words of Yah. You know, there's going to come a time, probably pretty soon, actually my phone's back in my chair. No, no, I just want to say, imagine my phone here. And also the computer and other stuff. It's going to become an issue. You're not going to be able to get your Bible on your phone anymore. If you get your Bible. And what, I'm, what I heard from somebody, and then it struck me, is there's going to be a requirement on phones and computers and everything else to be able to access if you have a physical Bible, make sure you have one. Make sure you have another one. And for me, I was thinking of, make sure I have another one that I can give to somebody else. We need to be doing that now. Not in two months when these things start happening that start taking it away. Because dep I depend on my phone all the time. And I'm thinking it's always going to be there. Get a Bible. Read your Bible and say it out loud. Because what does that last verse of Amos 8 say? Not a famine of bread nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the word of God. The word of Yah. There's something that happens when you say it out loud. Something in the spirit happens when you say it out loud. And when you say it out loud enough, then you are able to remember it. And it comes up in your conversation, in your regular conversation. And they don't even know. You don't have to say, well, this is John 3.16, you know. It's just, hey, he loves you. He loved the world. You're saying the scripture, they don't know it. But there's going to be a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. So I'm going to ask you now one question. What do you think is the most important question that God asks? It's in three of the Gospels, well, one that I came across. There may be different ones that you all think of. But then he said to him, and I might go to that and read the passage in front of it. Once when Yeshua was praying alone and his disciples were near, he put a question to them, saying, Who do the crowds say that I am? They replied, John the Immerser, the others Elijah, Eliyahu, others that some prophet from among the agents has arisen. Then he said to them, Who do you say that I am? 
Luke 9, starting in 18. But who do you say that I am? Isn't that the question we're being asked right now? Is our body wonderfully made? Yes. But our body can't handle something. You know, and it's dividing all of us. But this is the question behind all the questions we're being asked. Who do you say that I am? And what did Peter answer? Then Peter answered and said, the Messiah of God. And the other one says, Messiah, son of the living God, or you are the Messiah. You know, it says in 1 John 5, 1, everyone who believes that Yeshua is the Messiah is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves the one born of him. You know, for this is, and it talks about the love, that everyone who loves the Father loves the one born of him. And John, he always speaks of love. He's a loving person. But, and then he says two verses later, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And then two verses later, who is it that overcomes the world if not the one who believes that Yeshua is the Son of God? So if we want to be an overcomer, is not the one who believes that Yeshua is the Son of God? That's the person who overcomes the world. Who do you say that I am? And it comes back to me when this famine of the words of Yah brings me to Romans 10. How then shall they call on the one in whom they have not trusted? And how shall they trust in the one they have not heard of? Again, they haven't heard of. And how shall they hear without proclaiming? So faith, a little bit later, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Messiah the word of Christ. But it's Christos, or Christo, O-U on the end, O-U, Christo, which was the Greek replacement for Messiah. You know, and it brought me to another question from Luke 18. Will not God bring about justice for the elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he continue to defer their help I tell you, he will promptly carry out justice on their behalf. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That's a scary question. You know, how many of us are going to be left and will he find faith on the earth? Because he, 
I'll leave that alone. I was into a different section. Adonai, and Jeremiah, it says, Adonai, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be ashamed. Those who depart from you will be written in the dirt. Those who depart from you will be written in the dirt. Will he find faith when he returns? Or will they be more folks just written in the dirt? Jeremiah is so interesting. And I'm sorry I'm jumping a little bit, but hopefully it comes together here at the end. Jeremiah 23. The little title that the editors put on top is Gathering His Flock. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture. It is a declaration of Adonai. Therefore, thus says Adonai, the God of Israel, about the shepherds who feed my people, you have scattered my flock, driven them away, and have not taken care of them. I will soon visit on you the evil of your deeds. It is a declaration of Adonai. I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and will bring them back to their folds, and they will be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will feed them. They will no longer be afraid or dismayed, nor will any be missing. It is a declaration of Adonai. You know, every time he's, this version says it is a declaration of Adonai, it's Neum Adonai. It's Nam, or uh, Eric Bissell who taught me this. It's Nam Yahweh. <laughs> Nam Adonai. It's almost like he puts his stamp. You know, when he says, well, I said this to Moses, it's a saying, well, here, it's more like a stamp. This is what I said. It is a declaration. Nam, Naum. It's Nam, the letters, the vowels that they put with it is Naum. It's just three little letters. But it's almost like he puts stamp, saying, this is what I said, and this is what's going to happen. And that's something we can hear and take heart in. I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I've driven them. I will gather. And if someone can't hear that, they can't build their faith and say, he will come for me. And I know this is in the Old Testament and shoot, you know, nothing's... Everything's worthwhile in the Old Testament. I hate that word, Old Testament and New Testament. Because um, it's all Yah's word. You know, this question, who do you say that I am? You can't be neutral about it. When Yeshua was walking the earth, was anyone neutral about him? They either really liked him or they hated him to the end. There wasn't like, eh, yeah, whatever. And that's what Yeshua does. I did not come here to bring peace. I came here to bring a sword to divide. 
and families. And that's why this question is coming to us. Who do you say that I am? You know, after all these questions in the different Gospels, um, the preacher made a point that I was listening to on this, that he, it kind of changed the relationship between the disciples and Yeshua. After Peter said this, you are the Messiah, it changed their relationship from that point forward. They may not have understood that he was going to die and all these other things, but it really crystallized kind of the relationship between Yeshua and them. Doesn't that do that to us in this day as well? When we are able to say, he is the Messiah. That crystallizes the relationship between me and him. And you know what, another, you know, we always talk about Messiah being anointed one. You know what, in Strong's is another definition of it, is deliverer. Deliverer. Messiah. So if you say, change that word in what they're saying to deliverer, does it give you a different impression? You know, it's so, that's another note, and it goes back to hearing the word of God. You know, a lot of times, Adonai doesn't speak to people and get saved. He chooses another person to speak to that person. There are some people who get dreams or visions or a voice or something, and they become saved but, and start following him. But most of the time, it is he uses the vehicle of one of us to say something to somebody else, to plant the seeds, someone to water the seeds, someone to do something else. The Philippians 2.10 it says that at the name of Yeshua, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Yeshua, Messiah, that Yeshua is Messiah to the glory of God the Father, to his glory, the glory of Adonai. So even if it's too late for some folks when they actually do that, it's still to the glory of Yah. Because they're still confessing that Yeshua is Messiah. And then in John 20, it is so, the last verse of chapter 20. But these things have been written to you so that you may believe that Yeshua is Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. It's, I guess I skipped that over that when I thought of that. 
But these things have been written so that you may believe that Yeshua is Messiah. Yeshua is the deliverer. Not just, okay, yeah, 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 you know, whatever John's writing. But it hit me this week as far as Yeshua is Messiah. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. So what I've talked about to you today is prepare your mind or someone else that is willing to listen. Be prepared for all kinds of crazy things. But then still be able to say some words of hope to that person. Some words of that they can repent and start following the living God. And then I'll read Ephesians 2. I've talked to you about preparing your mind. I've talked about a famine. And I've talked about Messiah equals deliverer. And I'll finish with Ephesians 2. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. At that time you walked in the way of the world in conformity to the ruler of the domain of the air. The ruler of the spirit who is now operating in the sons of disobedience. We too all lived among them in the cravings of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind. By nature, we were children of wrath, just like the others. But God was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Messiah. He made us alive together with the Deliverer. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in the Deliverer Yeshua. To show in the world to come the measureless richness of his grace and kindness toward us in Messiah, in the Deliverer. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not based on deeds so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Messiah, created in the Deliverer, Yeshua, for good deeds which God prepared beforehand for, so we might walk in them. In the deliverer in Messiah. That is who we are with. And thank you, Messiah, for coming for me. Sure. Amen. Amen.